0: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690
1: and ESPN690.com. And hey, welcome in on a Tuesday, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Coos, talking some sports. And uh, yeah, it does mix with what's happening in our society, in our country uh, here. On a Tuesday, but has been for the last week. So that uh, discussion, that conversation continues as it relates to sports and sports figures, and uh, we will do that here and there uh, on on this Tuesday. But we also have some sports topics as well, including what the heck Gardner Minshew number thirty, Chris Sims. I thought he was number three. Who's Kyler Murray how, how upset are you on the right list? list? Be honest, how upset are you right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I love yeah. that we did get a tweet before the show. Oh yeah, uh, about, about, people are taking note. Yeah, this was. Uh, Hey, A Train! Don't let Brent see this. Yeah. Well, guess what? Brent saw it. You clued me in on exactly. it. Exactly. Don't don't take him in these kind of things, and you won't see him there. Good sir. <laughs> Lay off my minshu and put him at at <laughs> least in the top three. <laughs> you know, it's interesting as uh, Chris Sims. You know. A lot of people <laughs> on Chris Sims, right? I've had some comments but, about Chris Sims in the past. Listen, he's also been right at times on some of the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I thought it was will be interesting we could go back and look at two thousand and nineteen and where he had some ranked. Sure, I like that. <clears throat> Guess who his number thirtieth quarterback was last year? Daniel Jones. Lamar Jackson. Oh, no <laughs> kidding. <laughs> He had Lamar Jackson number 30 last yes, year. Yes, he did.
0: Wow. Brent did a little homework. And I appreciate it. You like that. I appreciate it. Well, and here's the thing, like, I don't get with Chris Sims, alright? So every year he does the same thing, right? He releases the top forty quarterbacks. And like the way it comes across with Garner Minch, like, yeah, Garner Minch is number thirty. But like he makes it sound like that's a good thing. Like, he, he gives him all these props and everything, but he makes it sound like in any realm where you call a quarterback, you know, this quarterback's probably—I'd say—he's probably thirtieth say in the league. Like that's a compliment to me. That's not a compliment. If you have the—if you have the thirtieth defense in the NFL, you're trash. If you have the thirtieth offense in the NFL, you're trash. If you have the thirtieth running game in the NFL, you're trash.
1: If you have the thirtieth, you know, quarterback in the NFL, that's not good. No, just saying. No, yeah. and uh, I—I—I want to see what you think about where he should be. let sure. What's fair? You know, listen, I know I'm a little whiny and biased and, and say, hey, I believe in Minshew more than some others do. And I think there are a lot of believers in Jacksonville, by the way. I think there are a lot of Jags fans that really believe in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have said, and some people disagree, and that's okay. And I think you even disagreed with me, that uh, it's kind of an all or nothing thing for me. I, I don't think you... listen. You don't have to believe in Minshew and say, oh, well, then the Jags are going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a really hard thing to do, believe in Minshew and say, well, I really feel like they're only going to win two games. I, I just don't know how that goes hand in hand. You did bring up an interesting, a good one with with Matthew Stafford though. I mean mm-hmm. Stafford was sixth I think in QB rating, although he doesn't feel it. Uh but right. statistically did say it mm-hmm. and they only won 3 games last year. So, uh is that an outlier or can that be the normal thing? I the bottom line is I think it's a little bit all or nothing. Some people disagree. I'm also just because I'm bullish on Mitchu, I don't believe He's the top five quarterback in the NFL. I, yeah, mean, yeah. I think he has a lot to prove. You're also a realist. So where which does he sit? Right, sure. where does he lie in those conversations? Like what group? And a lot of people like to do these tiered systems, right? Yeah. And, and we could debate. You know, it was a great debate right now. Is like Josh Allen, not the defensive end, uh, the the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. Sure. Like what tier would he fit in? Uh, and he would be a controversial one, yeah. uh, I would think, in that sense. So some people were really high on him. He he took steps, but did he take enough? Do you have confidence in him? Like where really, do you feel it? Mm-hmm. I think Jared Goff is another one of those guy. Took him to a Super Bowl, but he. Is it McVay? Is it was it the team? Where does Minshew fit in that? And and how does he compare to say the rest of the roster and the team in terms of how you feel about him? I think is an interesting conversation. Other sports things uh, to get to as well. I thought about this today. We are not over the pandemic, right? There's a I'm lot happening close. in our world, uh, and and the pandemic is still a thing. Uh, the coronavirus is is real. It's it's alive and, and well, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so COVID-19 has been put a little bit on the back burner. It has been a two-and-a-half-month ordeal and headline in our country in, in everyday uh, talk. Uh, and in the last week, it really has not been. But it's still there. So I thought of it today, uh, because I've asked this several times, but we haven't revisited in recent uh, days or, or weeks, what will sports look like on the other side of the pandemic? Well, we don't know that just yet. But what do they look like right now? Are there some winners and losers of this pandemic at the time being? Uh And so we'll go through some of the sports. And, and most people say, like, oh, baseball right now looks like a big loser. Well, it might be too early in the game to determine if they are a loser in it. Uh But they could be headed that way. Mm-hmm. So interesting conversations about where sports are and, like, U.S.C., UFC who kicked off in Jacksonville. Kicked off uh, sports getting back to to live sports. Have they won? You know, yeah. have they had a big win? You know, and again, I, I keep it in its context. Uh, you don't win in, in this ordeal. I mean, we, economically, uh, jobs have been lost, uh, lives have been lost, people have been sick. Uh, it's really turned the the world upside down. This pandemic. But how are people trending on the other side of it when it comes to sports? I think is an interesting uh, part of the conversation. If you follow us on our YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, mm-hmm. our video feeds, which uh, we hope you do as much as you do on ESPN 690, uh, stream us on ESPN690.com and uh, all the different platforms, uh, the apps that you can get us on, then uh, you probably are noticing that uh, we are in black. Mm -hmm. on the video so uh today is blackout tuesday Mm -hmm. i would say across the country uh i'm not sure if it's uh gone across the world or not but Mm -hmm. it's definitely across the country and uh in support of well finding some some peace in our world and equality in our world Mm -hmm. and uh uh, we decided to support that initiative, Blackout Tuesday. Uh, what does that mean to you? Uh, you know, we talked a little bit yesterday mm-hmm. uh, about you going to Jacksonville for the protest, mm-hmm. the peaceful part of the protest. Uh, we had a lot of discussions about what is going on in our country right now, uh, yeah. black and white. Uh, what does a day like this mean? Do you think to the black population? You know what? To me, this talks about solidarity
0: right now. Okay, because. We kind of talked about it yesterday a little bit, Brent, where, you know, we kind of brought the topic where if you're white, you know, you kind of feel conflicted a little bit, right? Because do you comment on things um, or do you not comment on things? Because people feel, I think, you know, if they feel like well, if I comment on something, I have to be genuine. But if I don't comment on something, people are going to call me out. And to me, this is just a solid area showing, hey, this is where I stand right now on the topic. There is a problem going on, and this is my part to support it. And I'm not naive right now to what's happening on social media. I'm not naive to the fact that people are saying, well, this is all you're going to do is just post something black. Like you just you have a black screen, and this is, this is what you're going to bring to the cause. No, absolutely not. I think people are doing a lot of things out there um, for the you know, for the betterment of society. This is just one example where it's to try to show that we're all in this together. Okay, that this is a this is a solidary standpoint. And I think right now, especially from my at least from my perspective, I can't go on Facebook and call everybody up and say, Well, are you genuine? Are you genuine? Are you yeah. genuine? I, I'm not gonna do that. All I'm gonna look at is you know what, if you, if you post the all black screen, alright, awesome man, you're on the team, welcome. You know, let's all do our part and let's try to have a better world here. That's all I can do right now. It's not going to be right on me if I try to call every single buddy and be like, well, how much are you doing? How much are you doing? How much are you doing? No, as long as the people are taking note here and posting an all-black screen, to me, that shows that they're caring about it. They're helping. And that's a start, okay? That's a conversation, and that's kind of like the fire starter. So I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, uh, so we do have uh, a blacked-out screen on our video feeds. You won't see uh, us today, uh, so you can always uh, follow the video platforms on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, We hope you do, and we hope you enjoy the show on the video side of things. Uh, But today, uh, it's hashtag Blackout Tuesday across the country you know i think uh, it's interesting what you say there and uh, you know I, i'm like this when we talk about whether it's cancer or doing good things mm-hmm. i don't know what people's motivations are at times i, I don't know maybe they want to go viral with their yeah. donation you know maybe mm-hmm. people want to leave something and be recognized for it and you know i think that's a little bit of, of a self-righteous look at it do do i care the motivation of what you have if it means good mm-hmm. not really yeah. Not really. Yeah. I mean, I I can't be overly critical of that and I'm not really here to dissect that. Yeah. You know, uh we dissect a lot of different things, but I, I don't really want to waste my time dissecting something that that of course. good comes from. So yeah. Um, listen, That's, we're we're, yeah. support, we're supporting that initiative today. Hopefully, everybody does. But it's not just a blackout Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It's not just Tuesday. We talked about this yesterday. This is what I think is a big part of it, is where does it go from here? Is this time different, mm-hmm. right, in these discussions? And what are we talking about in two weeks, and four weeks? Are we having these conversations with our kids? Uh, we're going to talk about Emmanuel Acho today yeah. uh, and, and what he said. And listen, uh, there are even some parts that I think that you may even disagree with. So it's not nine yeah. minutes uh, that you said. oh yeah you know i'm on oh no and and we can talk about those minutes i disagree with too but it's a powerful well done video and and message to the point where when i saw it and i haven't done this yet but i will make my kids sit down and watch it Mm -hmm. because what it does is provoke conversation and dialogue and education and so we will talk a little bit about it we won't play it in its entirety but i invite you to go check it out in its entirety at some point after our show of course uh but it's um Those are the things that I'm interested in uh, out of this last week, out of these last couple of days, even us talking about it on this show. uh, We're not afraid to talk about these things. It's okay. It was a heavy show yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, But – as it does relate to sports, as it does relate to sports figures. Mm -hmm. Colin Kaepernick's name is back in the news. Uh, Were they ahead of their time? Do Mm -hmm. you look at the Colin Kaepernick stuff differently? Those are some of the discussions that we can have. But I just don't think they're one-day discussions. I think that's one of the most important things going on in our country right now. They need to be either everyday um, conversations or brought up more often than not.
0: Yeah, and in terms of the Emmanuel Acho video, I mean, I encourage everybody to watch it. And, you know, we definitely live right now in a time where people see a nine minute video, it's like oh, nine minutes? Are you kidding me? That's true. Like, go ahead and give me a 30 second video and then let me go on my life. That's true. And, um, I think, you know, people see that nine minutes and turns a lot of people off, but you know, if you take anybody's word, take my word and you need to watch that entire video because you might learn something, you know, and especially now where we see all these memes, Brent, we see all these Facebook statuses, we see all these Twitter updates and everything and, and people, um, we're all over the place. All right. We're all over the place with what we feel with our emotions, what we feel is going on, what we feel is right. And I think better than anybody right now, um Emmanuel Acho has probably... Um, condensed a lot of the, the thoughts and feelings in a nine minute video and a lot of questions that people might have about it. Um, and he articulates it so well where I think it's probably the best video that can kind of clue you in what's, what's happening right now. And it's very cool to see him use his platform as well because I actually played football with his brother, Sam Macho. Yeah. He's uh, with Tampa uh, now, right? Yeah, he's with Tampa now. He was in Chicago when I played. Um, I was his teammate and everything. And, and Sam's the same way, dude. I mean, you want to talk about very, very intelligent, self-aware, um, not only players, but obviously people in society as well. I mean, it's listen, there's a reason why Sam Acho is still in the league. And, I, and I'm going to be honest with you, and he'll, he'll be the first person to tell you. He's not the, the strongest guy. OK, and he's not the most athletic guy. But in terms of how he approaches the game from a mindset, number one and number two, just how he knows the playbook, how he knows where everybody's in the field. That's why he's still in the NFL right now. That's why he ended up taking my you know, position in the Chicago Bears, because and, and I have no problem forfeiting my position uh, when I got cut, because as in terms of X's and O's. Sam Macho had it in spades. You yeah. know, so they're they're very intelligent um, individuals, and it's cool that you know Sam's brother Emmanuel now is using his platform, obviously, and sharing the video. And, and
1: Emmanuel, I think, played 20 games in the NFL. He yeah. had a brief career in the NFL. He's six round draft pick, I think, back in 2012. So mm. we'll discuss uh, a little bit of that. Uh, again, sports athletes relating to society mm. sometimes they intersect. They do not all the time, but sometimes they intersect. We have seen it in recent years intersecting uh, from Colin Kaepernick to what's going on now. And uh, these are one of those times uh, where the intersection of sports and society is certainly uh, taking place. But we will talk just sports as well. Uh, I do want to visit when we come back and take a break. Peyton Thompson said something on Twitter yesterday. Well, you're a big believer we both are in communication. Well, an interesting bit of communication took place since he tweeted yesterday. Mm -hmm. And we'll go back and tell you what he tweeted. We had a discussion about it yesterday as it relates to Shad Khan, Doug Marone, and Tom Coughlin, what Peyton Thompson tweeted. Well, he since has had a, a discussion and some dialogue with the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Found it interesting. He tweeted about it. What he had to say. What does it mean? It's coming up next uh, here on Action Sports Jackson ESPN 690. Thanks for hanging out with us on the video platforms, in your car, on the stream, from home. Ask Alexa as well. Just look up ESPN 690 right here in Jacksonville.
0: When I'm in a car, I always, I never wear a hood. I never, uh, I try not to speed um, because no matter what, I'm going to be a target. When they look in the car, even in a nice car, they're going to look in the car and it's a black man in the car. Therefore, you are a target. And there's more of a reason for them to pull you over because of the color of your skin. I mean, I've had brothers, both my older brothers, countless times in high school. I remember when I was in middle school, they would get pulled over and be patted down on the side of the road and their car would be searched. Just completely illegal actions were taken against them because of officers and because my brother drove a Crown Vic that, you know, he was going to be searched and he was going to, you know, be racially profiled.
1: Malcolm Brogdon with the Indiana Pacers uh, as athletes continue to uh, speak up, uh, which is not new, uh, but uh, more so in the last uh, couple of days as uh, as I call it, sports intersecting with society. I, I'm not even sure if that's the right way to say it, but that's kind of the way it feels. And, and uh, again, I said it yesterday, sports uh, amidst this pandemic and now amidst protest is still a much talked about part of the conversation. Uh, This time because this has nothing to do with on the field. Instead, uh, well, a little bit on the field because in the field is where we do find solidarity and that sense of community that we've talked about uh, across all sports and most sports. Sure, has there been a hint of it uh, not happening that way? But in all, most people would say in those locker rooms, on the field, team sports, you don't feel what you feel outside of those arenas, outside of those fields, outside of those venues um, in in today's society. So I think uh, that's where it does intersect, but a lot because of the athlete's voice and and our athlete's voice is powerful. You know, we've talked about this many a time with the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. And and just recently, toward the end of that, uh, when we're having those conversations, a lot of the conversation was, should Tiger Woods have talked more about societal things? Should Michael Jordan have talked more at the time about societal issues? Mm-hmm. Uh, LeBron James is a believer in that, has been vocal in that. You can go back to Muhammad Ali. Uh, you can go back to other sports figures. Some are more prominent than others. Uh, and uh, what's the risk in doing that? Uh, What's the is it a good use of platform? Well, interestingly enough, both Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods, who have not really used their platform to do that, which I I think we both at least respected, uh, whether you agree or not. I I don't believe that you have to do it if you don't if it's not genuine, if it doesn't come from the heart. uh, Don't be forced to do it. Don't fake it if that's not you. Uh, but Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods have both issued statements in the last couple of days. There's a bit of irony there uh, <laughs> that that those are two highly prominent figures, two of the most highly prominent figures in all of our sports history mm-hmm. that have usually been pretty quiet uh when it comes to societal issues, have voiced their opinion in the last couple of days. You know, and. To start
0: the the show, we kind of asked, like, what is this going to look like in the next couple weeks or now?
1: You know, like, what is is this, is this going
0: to feel different, or is it kind of going to go back to the status quo after a month or so? And I think right now, with where we sit here, Brent, you know, and everything that's been going on, everything that's been escalating, I mean, like you just said, M- Michael Jordan's probably the, the biggest name of the 90s, okay? The the, the the biggest figure in terms of sports, possibly maybe of all time, okay? And, and the fact that when he was in his prime... When he was playing basketball, it wasn't a perfect world, okay? There, there was definitely issues going on, and he chose not to say anything. And, you know, the same can be said for Tiger Woods. You know, when Tiger Woods was winning um, all of his majors, um, you know, he just – he focused on golf. And once again, like you said, and I agree with you, I'm not mad at that. Um, I think everyone has, you know, the choice to speak out if they want to speak out or they have the choice not to say anything, okay? And the fact that Tiger Woods and and Michael Jordan have come out now and each kind of said their piece a little bit, I think it goes to show you, number one, obviously, of just how serious things have gotten – But then also, if you look around the world right now, man, there's protests in New Zealand. There's protests in Tokyo. There's protests around the world right now that have their eyes on our country. Okay? So to me this does feel different. To me this doesn't feel like the status quo where in the next couple of weeks or so we're not gonna be talking about it anymore. This seems bigger than that because the entire world is literally watching right now. And I I'm not I'm not trying to knock any other, other countries, but when's the last time you saw, you know, tens of thousands of people rally together in terms of something in Europe? or in terms of something in Australia. When was the last time 50,000 people got in the streets for something in Australia? I haven't seen it personally. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I've never seen it. But people around the world right now have their eyes on this. So I think the world's kind of holding the U.S. accountable. Um, I think the professional athletes, obviously, like Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan, are, you know, they're holding the world accountable as well. And to me, this just feels different
1: than it has in the past. Yeah, and that's a good thing. I mean, I agree with you, actually. You Mm -hmm. know, I've asked the question, I guess, a couple of times in the last couple of days. I feel like this does feel different. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I feel, um, you know... It's more than one person at the center of it in terms of Colin Kaepernick, uh, which we'll talk a little bit about that today. So it's not just one person uh, that you can go back and forth on. This is a massive amount of people, white, black, uh, Asian, people who are supportive of this latest movement, if you will. Um, and I also think, let's just take it back to the most recent one Colin Kaepernick. You know, I guess our most recent. You know, where where protest was big and at least intersected with sports. Yeah, I think that would be our, our last time would be around 16 and 17 with the Colin Kaepernick situation. And there's not the flag and the patriotism and that to get off track on. Now, mm-hmm. there is violent protesting and looting. Those are issues that are being involved in this. Um, but I'm not sure it's as strong as the. But if you want to take this conversation to the violence and looting and ignore the real conversation, uh, it's certainly not as strong and as divisive as it was three or four years ago yeah. uh, when, when with Colin Kaepernick. So talk a little bit about the, that bit of it um, in just a bit as we continue to have uh, some of these discussions and as it relates to sports. So we'll share what Tiger Woods had to say um, in a statement. Uh, we've also shared what others have said. And again, Emmanuel Acho, uh, I'm interested now. You got me interested from a sports uh, perspective. I, I didn't realize he took your job. Uh, in Chicago. Sam, no, Sam, I know. His, Sam brother. Did, yeah, his brother did. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I mean, so, I, don't, I don't really take my job, but he was one of the last guys, you know, to, to sign on. He's on top linebacker just like I was. Okay, so, so that'll yeah. be interesting. But yeah. I didn't
1: realize that connection. I know he's sure, sure. been in the league, I think, nine years now yeah. and playing with Tampa, his brother, of course. Yes. And again, we said Emmanuel Acho um, has an NFL background with a six round draft pick uh, with some powerful words. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll have a little bit of that. I want to get to this Peyton Thompson stuff, man. Yep. Uh, yesterday, in. Uh, During the show, we talked about Peyton Thompson, how he had acknowledged and applauded, Mm -hmm. if you will, if you can do so in a tweet, Shad Khan during the Colin Kaepernick stance, um, during the time when the Jaguars had a dozen players who knelt Mm -hmm. during the national anthem in London. During the locked arms of Shad Khan, we said it was Mercedes Lewis and Doug Marone was in that image, uh, along with Telvin Smith and I think Brandon Linder, the captains of the football team. Uh We mentioned that yesterday. Well, in that tweet, he really took Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone to task because according to his tweet, he had said, hey, they told us not to do that. But Shad Khan jumped in and said, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Um Well, today, a little bit different conversation. Doug Marone and Peyton Thompson had a conversation. I didn't see this going here in the last 24 hours. No. Just to take you back to what Peyton Thompson said yesterday, the statement issued by the NFL over the weekend was complete trash. I specifically remember Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone telling us we couldn't kneel. Thank God we had an owner of minority who weighed in and got us to kneel together. My job security was on the line if I supported my people. Again, we talked a lot about it yesterday in terms of job security. And if, if you know, some of the players that uh, didn't kneel during that time were Jalen Ramsey and and Fournette and Cant Calais. And obviously it wasn't a job security issue for them, no. regardless of what they did. For Peyton Thompson, he was a borderline, a fringe roster guy. And yeah. so he obviously felt that. Uh But then today he says – uh He really has this long uh, tweet Mm -hmm. where he says, I had a healthy conversation with Doug Marone yesterday. We spoke of his career's work on equality and his efforts to make his players feel supported, as well as the need to separate his actions from others in the organization. I'll read a little bit more of it in just a little bit. But just the fact that he had a conversation Mm -hmm. with Doug Marone, what does that tell you coming off yesterday's tweet?
0: So, number one, I guess I, I'm going to Doug Marone an apology, right? Because I came out yesterday and said, I, I assume that eventually Doug Marone's probably going to address it with his players and maybe he'll address it to the media. And that's kind of how I thought about it, you know? And once again, I, I don't know Doug Marone personally. You know, I've never really had even a, a conversation with the guy. All I know is what I, what I, you know, what I hear and things like that. So when Peyton Thompson kind of pulled back the curtain a little bit of what was going on with the Colin Kaepernick kneeling thing, I just assumed that Doug Marone would, you know, he'd probably just talk to his players and that would be it. But Doug Marone, in my opinion, went above and beyond, and don't get it twisted. This wasn't damage control, okay? I don't think this was damage control because, to be honest with you, I'm not sure every coach in the NFL would do what Doug Marone did here. And Doug Marone, I mean, I assume probably reached out to Peyton Thompson, and, you know, they they sat down, or obviously they didn't sit down together and in person, but they sat down maybe over a phone call or over a Zoom conversation, and they hashed stuff out, okay? And they talked about it. Now, to be fair, Peyton Thompson, when he was in Jacksonville, like we just talked about, he was a fringe guy, okay? He was primarily a special teams guy. And I'll be honest with you, because I've been, I've been those fringe guys, okay? I, I was the fringe guy on Kansas City. I was the fringe guy on Chicago. And I guarantee a lot of my position coaches don't give a crap about me. And that's fine. That's the game of football. Okay. Um, it was refreshing when I went to the Super Bowl and I saw Andy Reid and Andy Reid's like, Austin, how you been? Man, like he was generally excited to see me. And that's why Andy Reid will always have my respect. I think Mark Tressman would be the same way, but I think a lot of my, you know, position coaches wouldn't share those same sentiments. Nevertheless, we're talking about Doug Marone, who was the head coach at the time. Okay. Doug Marone didn't have to go and reach out to Peyton Thompson, but he did and they hashed it out. So I think it speaks volume on Doug Marone. I think it's a good look for the Jaguars organization, and obviously I think that conversation, Peyton Thompson came out of that conversation feeling a lot better before he went into it.
1: I think there's an important line in here, and I just read it, but I want to read it again. Uh, And he said, we spoke of his career's work on equality and his efforts to make his players feel supported, as well as the need to separate his actions from others in the organization. Yeah. And obviously he had called Tom Coughlin out and Doug Marone and Doug Marone at least. Now, this isn't Doug Marone's words, okay? This is uh, coming from Peyton Thompson. So until we hear something from from Doug Marone, Mm -hmm. I I don't want to necessarily put exact quotes in his mouth. But from Peyton Thompson's point of view, he basically says separating from others in the organization, which clear as day means separating from at least the Tom Coughlin part of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that's interesting. Uh I, I guess you could make the case outside of this issue, topic, Doug Marone has done a lot to separate himself from Tom Coughlin going all the way back to training camp of last season, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. We have had conversations about that. Uh And this is another example of it. The importance factor here is something you brought up yesterday. And you said, what kind of message was this, would this send to today's player mm-hmm. in that locker room, a young player in this locker room, mm-hmm. to see Peyton Thompson's tweet without any kind of clarification? Well, we got a little clarification today. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we need to hear from Doug Marone still on it, but maybe we will. And maybe that will go a long way in terms of what your point of view was on the locker room. Yeah, Um When you talk about the Jacksville Jaguars right now, you talk about the
0: youngest, you know, the youngest team right now in the NFL. And obviously the way NFL locker rooms are set up today, they see everything. They can see our show, Um, they see comments on Twitter, and they definitely saw what transpired with Peyton Thompson's comments. So, Once again, I mean, is this Doug Marone just trying to salvage a locker room and and salvage the culture? I I honestly don't think so. I think this is Doug Marone as a human being trying to reach out to somebody and say, hey, you know what, you're not happy, you're disgruntled, let's have a conversation about it. And... Obviously, the locker room now will take notice, you know, and I'm sure, to be fair, we talked about it yesterday. I think on these Zoom conversations, when we're talking about X's and O's, when we're trying to implement a new 3-4 defense, when we're trying to put in a new Gruden offense, I think a lot of the conversation as well is obviously what's going on right now uh, in the world, whether it's COVID-19, obviously, or, you know, the bigger issue right now, I feel like, um, with racial injustice. So, I think these conversations are happening, and once again, I think Doug Marone did the right thing by reaching out to Peyton Thompson, a guy who, let's be honest, I think a lot of Jaguars fans maybe don't even remember him, right? But he still had a voice, he still went on Twitter, and we're talking about it, so the fact that I think Doug Marone acknowledged it and had the conversation was great. Now, the next question comes, does Doug Marone address it himself and to the media and kind kind of explain how things went down, right? Because we can both assume, well, at least I'm going to assume right now that this is more of a Tom Coughlin issue, okay? Because Tom Coughlin, in my opinion, was the guy that was calling the shots. You know, he was the guy that was setting up the culture and everything. And I get there's a narrative out there. People want to say, well, Doug Marone's a grown man. He should have stood up for himself, and he should have went against it then. Like, how, why are we going to feel sorry for Doug Marone? Okay, but at the same time, Peyton Thompson's a grown man. Every NFL player on that field's a grown man, okay? And, you know, if you look at Peyton Thompson – Maybe he was trying to, you know, take care of his job. You know, he, he was a fringe guy. 2017 was the last year he played in the NFL in Jacksonville. He never got another shot again. So Peyton Thompson was protecting himself by not kneeling, right? Because, especially as a player, the NFL is a game of survival, right? You only get so many go-arounds. And then when it's over, it's over. So th- that's an example of, of, of surviving to Peyton Thompson. Maybe Doug Marone felt like, you know, the the way it was set up where if he didn't kind of go along with what was happening, maybe his job was on the
1: line. Well keep in mind know? he had just been given a second opportunity as a head coaching job, yeah. which I think some people wondered if he'd ever get. Yeah. I mean this was early in that first year as head coach for Doug Marone, so to your point, yeah. I think that is a fair curiosity, no different than a player mm-hmm. in that respect. And and I also think we talked about this yesterday. You have to take listen, hindsight's easy of course hindsight's easy and and uh, the self-righteous folks will look at hindsight and be like yeah but you should have yeah but you should have yeah but you should have yeah well but would you have you know Ooh. and and i think that's a fair question the would you have and 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 again i mean it's there's also comes fair criticism with that mm. um when you don't make the right decisions sometimes but i i said yesterday we don't even know tom coughlin's motivation for not for for saying that if, if that's the case according to peyton thompson yeah was it just I'm a football guy, man. We play football. We don't want distractions. Mm-hmm. Was it a patriotism thing? You know, what, did it mean something different? You know, or was it like we ain't doing any of that stuff? You know, sure. we don't know. We don't know. Uh, and and I don't know if we'll ever hear from Tom Coughlin on that either. Mm-hmm. But I think it's fair to lay out some of the reasons that could have been. Because nobody knew at that time any of the images, any of the actions that were taking place would lead to what it led to. And, and it's, it's crazy, right? Because – I was out of the league when the Kaepernick stuff went
0: down, but I get asked all the time, even if I think I was asked this last year, like, you know, if you were still playing in the NFL, would you have taken the knee? And like, I can sit here right here right now on a Tuesday and say, well, you better believe I'd have taken the knee. I mean, how could I have not? But if you go back to when that actually transpired, it took place and kind of the, the culture of, of the NFL and how it was set up and me being a fringe player, I'll be 100 percent honest with you. I'm not sure if I would have or not, all right? I mean, I, I guarantee that if I would have done it, I would have had a conversation with my grandfather, you know, who was, who was in the military, who served in Korea. I would have the conversation with him first because his opinion is the guy I really care about in the situation. But I promise you, I, I would have held a hand. I would have I tried to so, show some kind of support if I didn't kneel. But that's my point, Brent, right, where I sit here now thinking, like, you better believe I would have kneeled, you know? And I would have made sure all the cameras saw me, and I would have had no excuses, no apologies for anything, But back then, when when you're a fringe guy and you know you're you're just one shot away, you're 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 one roster spot away from never working again, um in the in the NFL, um it's a scary ordeal. And maybe Doug Marone felt like you know what? And once again, we don't know what transpired. Maybe we will. But I'm just speaking from you know a possibility. Maybe Doug Marone thought the way things were set up with Tom Coughlin, where it's
1: like, man. If, if I go against the general's orders right now, um, it, could, it could fall back on me and not look pretty. Uh, and I think uh, those were questions that were probably being asked. Again, hindsight might tell a different story, but yeah. uh, reality could have been different at the time. Uh, here's more of the conversation and what Peyton Thompson tweeted today. This is today after the conversation with Doug Marone. We also spoke of a time when the organization had a third party come in to speak to the team in an attempt to convince us to change our stance. The reality is the environment that was created in our facility wasn't safe for everyone to kneel peacefully in protest. Mm. At least 60% of the team is of minority, including the owner. Yet every player and coach across the league was scared to get Kaepernicked quotes. Mm -hmm. Voices muffled by fear. Job security over human rights. If you stand by and silently watch harm being done to others and silently watch harm being done to others, then you are part of the problem, not the solution. The Jaguars have the opportunity for a do-over. I'm hopeful that Doug's activism will lead the charge for change this time around. Shot has the power to make good of the NFL statement. I look forward to watching the leader of the team ensure that his players feel as though they have the full support of the entire organization. Action needs to start with the owner and coaches. If the Jags won't do it what organization will inaction is now offensive this goes back to a little bit of yesterday's conversation by the way there's a lot of stuff in there uh, and it goes back to a, a yesterday's conversation of do the jags need to say something the, the fact that yes they're the jags um and do the jags play a big role on the sports landscape from a national level Yeah, maybe not you know uh, maybe the Dallas Cowboys issuing a statement or the Giants issuing a statement or Whoa. or or the money donated by the uh, San Francisco 49ers, 49ers
0: even released a statement, which obviously was kind of met with some mixed reactions yes. because Colin Kaepernick haven't played for the 49ers and
1: also made a million dollar donation. And I mm-hmm. think Eric Reed was critical of the money of uh, part of it. Uh, but. I would say from a more local standpoint, the question we said yesterday, where Shad Khan, a minority owner in the NFL, I think certainly on that platform could use it, but also a huge voice here in this city, Mm -hmm. a huge voice and could be a voice of reason on this topic, but also just a huge voice. And uh, the organization and and the Jaguars, a huge player in this market, in this city, Uh, which, by the way, is a pretty big city. It's not the biggest, but it's a pretty big city and it has a pretty uh, distinct black and white population, quite frankly, if you look at the numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some would argue sometimes a divide. Mm-hmm. So the uh, we said that yesterday. We talked about that yesterday on the show. I think Peyton Thompson's words are, I hope they do something. Yeah. I hope they do something. I guess the do something is what would you do? Is a statement enough? Is a donation enough to a movement? Uh, which, by the way, money does matter in those kind of movements. It mm-hmm. uh, certainly does. But is it enough? I mean, and I think that's the next phase of this sometimes. People ask right now. They're saying, hey, your video feeds are down. No, it's part of Blackout Tuesday. We mm-hmm. are, are, are supporting that um, uh, initiative, I guess, if if you will, uh, in, in support of Blackout Tuesday here uh, on June 2nd for Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We usually show video on our platforms. Well, there's not a technical problem. We're doing that intentionally here today on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. But then people will say, well, is that enough? Did that change anything? Right? We just yeah, talked about exactly. it. Exactly. We just did. what can the Jags do to get people's attention or just do their part? Yeah. And people will always be critical. Well, is that enough? That's all you did. So... Let's not beat it on the bush
0: here, okay um in terms of if the jaguars should do something well, let's go ahead and look at the owner real quick all right if you look at every single owner owner of you know every owner of thirty two teams thirty one of those owners are old and white, okay not trying to be set up some kind of controversy i'm just th- that's what it is they're 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 the older gentlemen and and they're white gentlemen, okay. Now, some come from money, some come from businesses where they probably established themselves. Either way, they're owners, okay? Shad Khan is different, okay? Shad Khan is not white. Shad Khan is a minority. And whether, you know, and here comes the question. Like, if you're Shad Khan, listen... I'm not a billionaire, right? Because I don't understand business. And I don't know what good business is and what bad business is sometimes. But all I know is that, you know what? You, you may not like the fact that maybe you are kind of singled out sometimes in terms of ownership for being different, but that's not a bad thing, all right? That's a chance for you to use your voice, and that's a chance for you to speak out a little bit and to show, you know what? I am different, and that's awesome because guess what? I don't look like everybody else. That should be embraced. That should be celebrated. So I'll be honest, Brent. I am a little surprised right now that – the 49ers, I am a little surprised right now that some NBA teams have said something before the Jacksonville Jaguars have said something. Okay? Now, that's how they say, maybe the Jaguars have something planned. I'm not taking anything away from them. Let's just wait and see what happens. But I'm just saying, right now on a Tuesday, I am a little, um, you know, shocked that they haven't said something yet, because I think of, of any team right now you know, and take, take the business, take the retweets, take the likes, take the, the shoutouts on ESPN. Who cares right now about that stuff? Nobody gives a crap about that stuff. I'm just saying from the opportunity of having a minority owner, okay? A, a minority owner who started from literally nothing in his garage, worked his way up, and now owns one of 32 NFL franchises in the United States. That's something to be to be celebrating, man. That's something to be proud of. And that's and that's something where you have a voice, you should use it. So I'm a little surprised right now that the Jaguars haven't said anything
1: quite and, yet. And by the way, an owner that also, uh, according, along with his son, own a wrestling company now. Correct. They own a, a bumper company that is worldwide and way bigger than the NFL, actually, yeah. mm-hmm. um, even though it doesn't come with notoriety, mm-hmm. and has a lot of interest in other things, from hotels to television networks now, yeah. uh, a black television network. Yeah. So it's... It, it, yeah, I, I will say this. I initially, when I'm reading everybody, okay, okay, like the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp just put one out like an hour ago. A statement I'm like, okay, well, where are the ja- are the Jags yeah. going to put something out? But I'm also not. You don't have to follow suit in the next five minutes. No. Again, this topic isn't going anywhere. Yep. I'm interested to see what the Jaguars do. I think they will do something. Mm. But I also don't believe it has to come within a 24- to 36- to 48-hour span. Uh, th- there's not a time limit on this. No, this I is- gi- yeah. Well, and
0: listen, and, and I don't be very adamant here. I'm not saying, Sean, you better release something by tomorrow or that's else I'm ex- going to be upset. Yeah, I know you what know, you're that, saying. That, that's yeah. not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying eventually down the line you have to do something, right, because you're different. And right now people need to see different, all right? People need to be inspired by – the, the outlier, yeah. And Shad Khan is the outlier. Don't get me wrong. Tony Khan has released some stuff, you know, and, and he's a big name as well with All e Wrestling. But yeah, I think something from the Jaguars obviously has to come down the line.
1: Yeah, I'd be surprised if it doesn't at yeah. some point. I just don't know when. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, we haven't brought up his name a lot. Uh, was he ahead of his time? Uh, that's next on ESPN 690.
0: There was an urgent need for action in 2016 and, and well beyond before that. To be honest with you, to being real. Um, there's been there's been um, an urgent action you know, needed, but you know this is what happens when you kind of just drag your feet and, and or if the issue isn't as important to you, you know you kind of just sweep it under the rug and say you know it's, it, it doesn't affect my life so whatever, you know and now that you know we're seeing that it's you know these innocent people are being uh, murdered, you know I'm glad finally somebody sees and, and finally um, hopefully there's, there's there's change in laws and. And, and everything like that but there's been an urgent need and that's what, exactly what we were trying to uh, convey to everyone
1: that's uh brandon marshall uh linebacker brandon marshall used to play for the jacks uh brandon marshall yeah. and had a really nice career with the denver broncos uh where is he now i'm i'm wanna,
0: i think he might he was with the raiders last time i checked that's he might right he I'm not sure if he's still willing or not. Let me go ahead and check that quick. Yeah, Brandon question.
1: Marshall uh, really did a nice job with the Denver Broncos. In fact, kind of had you scratching your head a little bit. Like, hey, why is not he why I mean, stick in Jacksonville? Well, I was going to say, I mean, he and was, he he had was some pretty choices great here, too, that. as
0: well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so his last credited season was back in 2018 in Seattle. So um, I think he was in training camp this past year. He was on featured on Hard Knocks um, for, the, for the Oakland Raiders, now the Las Vegas Raiders. And I'm not sure if he's on a team right now or not.
1: Uh, we're going to get some sports talk, uh, more sports-intensive talk, uh, in just a couple of minutes. We have a few minutes before the top of the hour. And uh, I, I did want to answer ask this part of it. Uh, we we don't talk about the Colin Kaepernick situation in what happened in 16 into 17 very often. We talk about Colin Kaepernick in terms of will he play football again. And we've had those discussions on the show. Should he play football again? Is he trying to use his platform? Does he really want to play football again? Those are all Questions That that we've raised in the past But this brings up Colin Kaepernick In a a different way Because of peaceful protesting Mm -hmm. Again, there was a big divide at the time If you take yourself back there Of the flag, of patriotism Especially in a town like ours uh, With an NFL team uh, Kneeling during the national anthem You know, those The message got blurred Because of the um, I I think the divisive nature of how it was done. Yeah, and that was a big part of it. I don't have to educate you on that. The question is, Colin Kaepernick has continued to try to um, make change happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's donated money. He spent time doing uh, with his initiatives uh, with with his messaging. Eric Reed actually has been a big part of that too. I think probably yep. two of the most vocal people. And really, and Colin Kaepernick has not been that vocal. Uh, there have been commercials. Sure. There have been images. But he really hasn't done a lot of interviews. We've actually had that conversation before. Should he be doing more? Where yeah. are
0: you? I mean, I mean, every once in a while, he pops up, you know, working in the community. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I mean, he's, he's doing a lot, obviously. He's spending a lot of not only his money, but also his time. And that pops up. But, yeah, you're right. As far as, like, you know, on Instagram or Twitter, he's not that vocal.
1: Should – I guess the, the simple question is this. Was he ahead of his time, in essence, of a peaceful protesting and what he was protesting for yeah. and trying to accomplish, even though in the – and the, the immediate there, I'm not sure he did because of the flag patriotism. And again, how you stand on that is 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 one way or another. But the bottom line is we know what Colin Kaepernick was trying to protest, mm-hmm. uh, whether he did it uh, in, in the right way or not. That's not the debate of this conversation right here. Was he ahead of his time uh, and, and should more have been done at that time yeah. to gain people's attention?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, the whole Kaepernick situation, I mean, I was out of the league, but it was something that I I watched very closely, because a little background, my agent, um, or I guess I should say my former agent in the NFL, was also Colin Kaepernick's agent. Um, my PR person was Colin Kaepernick's PR person. Okay. So, I mean, I, I knew Colin, I was at Colin, I actually was pretty good friends with his cousin. Um, it was funny. I was going back uh, in my timeline history and like me and his cousin, we had some good conversations back in the day when I played, but nevertheless, um, was Colin Kaepernick ahead of his time? And I would say absolutely. If you remember how everything transpired with the whole Colin Kaepernick situation, yes, the guy takes a knee. Okay. And to be fair, I think at first, like obviously, people were kind of like, "What is this guy doing right now?" I think all the media outlets, whether it was you know the, the left or the right, they were like, oh, "Okay, we see what's happening." But to me, it didn't escalate until the, you know the the president and, uh, and commander and Donald Trump called him an SOB. When he called him an SOB, he did the one thing you don't want to do with NFL players. Okay, you don't want to challenge in manhood. That's what Donald Trump did. So when Donald Trump did that, with well, all of a sudden players are like oh, you're going to call you're gonna call one of my teammates? You're going to call one of my brothers? Well, check this out. And that's when more of the NFL started joining into it. I mean, that's what really escalated the situation. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, instead of like saying, all right, well, he's doing this for racial injustice, now it's like, well, He's doing this because he's against our country. He's, he's against the flag. And I think once you know Donald Trump said something, that's when it, the fire really started to escalate and problems started to rise. I mean, there's a lot more to say to it. We I mean, will, we've too. Gotta, we, yeah, we, we to we'll go about, on yeah. the other
1: side of the break. Yeah. Uh, we're up, up against the top of the hour. But I want to continue the conversation at least for a couple minutes. And then yeah. we'll get into some uh, uh, Major League Baseball winners and losers of the pandemic talk yeah. as well. But uh, to your point, because of the divide, there continues to be a divide with Kaepernick at least up until the last week. Will that change now? Uh, because of maybe there's more of a sense of unity about what is going on that Colin Kaepernick was trying to push. Will that change? Uh, we'll discuss that and a bunch of sports topics coming up on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690.